0: The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to LMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 303 of the podcast. Unless you're joining me live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Of course, if you want to catch the show live, make sure you subscribe on one or all of those platforms. Turn on your notifications and they'll do all the work of letting you know when the show goes live. So you don't have to put it on your calendar or anything. It's not like I schedule these things anyway. I just kind of turn the computer on <laughs> whenever I have an hour to spare on a Sunday, which has been less and less frequent these days. In any case, today's Sunday, February nineteenth. For those of you keeping track, President's Day tomorrow. Hopefully, a lot of you have the day off of work. Go, uh, go enjoy some nice President sales. Get, get yourself a new. Uh, washing machine or something. A good time to buy appliances, I think. I don't know. That's what I heard. I read it somewhere, maybe. Um, yeah, so hopefully everybody uh is gonna enjoy a nice day off. Nice long weekend. Hopefully you're uh somewhere where the weather's warming up, maybe get the barbecues going, stuff like that. No alcohol for me today, folks. Sorry to disappoint. Sorry to be off brand. Um If you listen to the show last few weeks, you know I was dealing with a spell of uh, bronchitis last month. And as a result of that, I wound up with like this weird kind of pressure buildup behind my eardrums. Like kind of like an inner ear infection. It's just basically pressure, a little bit of fluid. I've been essentially deaf in my right ear for the past two weeks or so. Um, So I finally acted like an adult. And went to urgent care, and they put me on a steroid to bring the inflammation down, and it's working a little bit, I think. But I don't know. I had this, um, I had this eustachian tube dysfunction, where I guess I have narrow uh, tubes, the tubes in between my eardrum and my brain. Um, so not not the best thing. To have when you live with a woman because, you know, you don't, you don't hear things a lot. I guess, I guess perspective is relevant, right? <laughs> but especially these past few weeks, I've been missing a lot of stuff and I've, I've been mishearing a lot of things, which is not advantageous, um, for a, for a relationship. <laughs> So that's what I've been dealing with. So, my little prescription uh, steroid, so I don't want to mix that with alcohol. So, I'm here with a, a chocolate protein shake that I whipped up right before jumping on the air here. Um, doesn't have the same effect uh, as booze, but I guess it's healthier, uh, depending which doctors you listen to. Um, uh, I'm immediately regretting this decision because it's kind of like sticks to my throat a little bit. So I don't know if it was the best choice right before the uh, podcast. Reminds me of Anchor Man after he loses his job and he's walking around drinking the milk and he's like, milk was a bad choice. But here we are, folks. We'll get through it together. So cheers. As I drink my giant mason jar of uh, protein shake It is tasty though Chocolate, bone broth, uh, protein powder A little peanut butter powder, ice and milk Hits the spot It's a pretty warm day Uh, Took the fan this morning Rode our bikes down to Main Street Got some breakfast And then went to a little farmer's market that we have here in town it was fun. It's cool because my daughter's at the age now where she can ride her bike along with us. So we rode downtown and had a nice little morning. Last night, I took my daughter to a daddy-daughter Valentine's dance, which you know took place a few days after Valentine's Day. Hope everybody had a nice Valentine's Day, by the way. So uh, it was cool. We went out to dinner. On Main Street and then at the local rec center, they put on a nice little dance. Um, <clears throat> you know, we were we were busting some moves out there. We didn't win the dance competition or the uh, best dressed superlative. But now we know that those are things. So we're, we're going to be a little more uh, prepared next year. But my daughter had a really nice time, which is really what it's all about you know, we, we got dressed up and, and, uh, you know, she, she gets the, uh, the proper princess treatment, uh, set trying to set the bar real high for those, uh, those future, those future suitors and callers, um, (laughs) which at the rate she's growing up, I feel like, uh, we're, we're not too far removed from those days. So, this is the time where I have to do my part to set the bar as high as possible, so none of them can ever reach it. Um, you know, it's like my preemptive strategy to to keep the boys away from my daughter. But it was cute. We we had a dance, and you know, ate a bunch of sweets, and then we came home, and watched a movie. It was a good night uh good weekend. And then after she went to bed, <clears throat> I don't know if you heard, there were some UFC fights on last night. Um, <clears throat> this card, a lot less talked about than the previous card. Obviously, last one being a pay-per-view. The cards that follow the pay-per-view seem to be, like, I don't want to say throwaway cards, but just the ones that were... Um, the, the ones that are just talked about less like they, they just have a little less hype behind them. It's like, all right, we need, we need a little bit of a breather after that pay-per-view. That's kind of what this card was. Um, Jessica Andrade stepping up on short notice. Mark Fellows asking if I'm on a health kick. <laughs> I don't know if you caught the beginning of the show, Mark, but I'm on some, uh, prescription stuff I can't mix with alcohol so protein shake it is I'll have to be healthy for a week Jessica Andrade's credit to her stepping up on short notice here against Aaron Blanchfield um, I'll be honest with you my initial it would be easy to say like oh I knew Aaron Blanchfield was going to do this but I'll be honest with you guys I thought it was too much too soon You know, even though it was a Jessica Andrade on short notice who had just fought three weeks ago, I would have thought it was too much. You know, Aaron Blanchfield has shown some spectacular grappling in the UFC, but um, she gets hit quite a bit, or at least she did um, in her previous fights. So I thought on paper this was a bad matchup for her. To be honest, um, you know, she's looked fantastic in her last few fights, but let's be realistic. The level of competition she was facing was nowhere near that of a Jessica Andrade, who's pound for pound, one of the best females ever. I would put her I would put her top five. I think that's fair. Anyone disagree with that? I mean, who are your top five pound for pound females of all time? Obviously, we have Amanda Nunez, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, a lot of people probably have Ronda Rousey in there. After that, you gotta you gotta start looking at Jessica Andrade at some point. At the minimum, she's top ten all time. And you just look at the body of work. But I'd say top five. I'd have her like right ahead of Misha Tate, maybe. So Blanchfield, who, like I said, she's looked great in her last few fights, but only 23 years old. Um, you know, a little raw with the striking in in fights past, but I got to say she, she looked like an evolved version of Aaron Blanchfield last night. She was countering Jessica Andrade. Andrade was going in there with her chin straight up. Um, She looked very flat and not to take anything away from Aaron Blanchfield, but it did not play into Jessica's favor to be fighting just three weeks after going three hard rounds with Lauren Murphy. Granted, she didn't take a lot of damage, but she threw like 4,000 strikes in that fight and landed 6,000, I think. Um, You know, it, it might not seem this way, but even being dominant throughout a 15-minute fight, it, it wears on you. It takes a lot out of your body, especially because she went through an entire training camp for that fight. She tried to peak her body at a certain time. She went through a weight cut. Granted, this this is up at 125 pounds, so she does not cutting as much as she was at straw weight. But she put her body through all of that, and then started taking a little bit of recovery time and I don't know, a week later signed a contract to fight Aaron Blanchfield. And her plan was to do this, make a statement against Aaron Blanchfield and then call out Wiley Zhang again. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that would have worked. I don't know if she needed to do that. Um, Yeah. I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? So the fight went the way it went. She gets submitted by someone in Aaron Blanchfield, who I don't know where she's ranked. Let me take a look at that real quick while I'm talking about this. Let's see. UFC women's flyweight rankings. But like I said, Aaron Blanchfield – Aaron Blanchfield looked great last night. Okay, here we go. She was ranked number nine in the division, and Jessica Andrade ranked number two. Okay. Um, Obviously, Aaron Blanchfield is going to jump up a lot. I don't know how much. So she's probably going to skip over Talia Santos, who she was supposed to fight this weekend, I believe. Um. And then who's ahead of her? Just Kaitlyn Chukagian, who's her teammate, I believe, where they at least train together because they're both Henzo Gracie um, brown belts, I believe. And then there's Manifera, Um, And they're the only ones ahead of her. She called out Valentina Shevchenko. And, you know, logic would say, too much too soon, but you could say the same thing before she fought Jessica Andrade. It was going to be too much too soon, and, and she proved us wrong on that. Or she proved me wrong anyway, because uh, I'm being honest about how I felt about this fight. Um, yeah, called out the champ. What do you guys think? You want to throw her in there with her? I'm not really interested... And anyone else fighting Valentina Shevchenko from looking at these rankings here. Um, Alexa Grasso, I believe, has a fight coming up. <laughs> On the books already. Um, let's see. Jennifer Maya should not be ranked against Aaron Blanchfield after this weekend. Laura Murphy, I'm sure, is going to drop below her as well. You're probably looking at, I I guess Aaron Blanchfield would take over Jessica Andrade's ranking at number two, unless they put her below Manon Fiorot. Um, If you don't put her in there with Shevchenko, then Manon Fiorot would be a good fight. Their record is identical. Manon has a win over uh, Aaron's teammate, Caitlin Chukagian. <clears throat> let's see. <clears throat> Mark says he gives Blanchfield a better chance than Grasso. So go for it. All right. Or maybe we do Aaron Blanchfield versus Alexa Grasso. You know, I don't know. I don't know what Valentina's deal is. I don't know if she's waiting around, if she's waiting for an opponent or what, but uh, let's talk about the finish by Aaron Blanchfield. So, she was not able to get a takedown um, in the first round. It, it seemed like it was going to be too difficult for her. And, you know, this is kind of what we were talking about with, uh, with Makhachev and Volkanovsky. Uh, it's harder to take down a shorter, stockier person. It just is. Size is not an advantage when it comes to wrestling. Obviously, Aaron Blanchfield has a few inches on Jessica Andraj. Andraj. Is like a tiny, like stocky little pit bull. You know, that it's not a it's not an easy person to get below their center of gravity to lift them up. So she got in on a body lock, had a nice little inside trip, went right to the back, and um went submission before position. You know, she started trying to get her hooks in. Um she got one and then missed on the other one. And instead of trying to get it, she just Snaked your arm right under the chin, locked up the choke, and then put the hook in. And that rear naked choke was textbook perfect. Um, you know, even with the MMA gloves, I'm not a fan personally. I'm not a fan of the traditional uh, rear naked choke grip. I I prefer a modified rear naked choke grip with the gloves, just because it's hard to get the hand behind the head with that four ounce four ounces of padding on your hand for me anyway. Um, maybe it's just like the, the shape of my hands or the fact that I have short arms. I don't know. Um, but I like a modified grip with the MMA gloves on, but she got it in there. She did her, her token uh, spike in her mouthpiece at the end. It it's become like her MO that she does at, after the fights, uh, I thought she was pretty good on the microphone as well. And she called her shot. You know, she wants a champ. She feels like she's ready for it. Um, I have it from, from good sources that she's been beaten up on UFC caliber athletes since she was in high school on the jujitsu mats. So, uh, who knows? You know, maybe she is ready for Valentina. Uh she's still going to have to clean up the striking a little bit more, but if you look at the progress she's made, even from the Molly McCann fight to now, if she makes that same amount of progress in, you know, let's say she fights Valentina in four months, if she makes that same amount of progress, she'll be closer uh, to being able to hang on the feet. She's going to have to be able to, to get Valentina to the ground and then, so good luck with that, first of all. And then uh and then let's not forget Valentina can grapple. You know, she's not gonna just she's not gonna just give up a submission uh like Andraj did last night. But hey, there's no other challenger really. So um I say why not? Hey, she's got my vote. Like if, if you think you could take on the champ, you want to get in there with Who, in my opinion, is the best pound-for-pound female on the planet. Um, Go for it. Do it. 23 years old. It's incredible to see the age of these fighters that are having such success now. Or maybe it's just me getting old. Co-main event. Zach Piuga against Jordan Wright. Uh, the story of this fight was just the clinch from Payuga, Pushed Jordan Wright up against the fence, and he had nothing. Um, and even when he was out in open space, he was just hesitating. He was throwing a lot of single shots, big big shots trying to put Payuga away. And Payuga just stayed patient, closed the distance, bullied him up against the cage, used his clinch. And uh, Jordan Wright just didn't know what to do. I mean, he didn't... You know, he didn't try and pummel out of there. He didn't, he didn't try and, and circle off the fence or anything. And the referee Mark Smith did a great job, I think, in just letting it play out that way. Like if you can't get your back off the fence, tough shit. That's the way I look at it. So Payuga, you know, not the most thrilling performance. He just, he just kind of held him up against the fence for 15 minutes, but look, you got to do what you got to do. Jordan Wright is explosive out in open space. We've seen that. Uh, he also revealed in his, uh, pre-fighter meeting, pre-fight meeting rather, uh, that his mother had just passed away a month ago. So I don't know if that was weighing on him or, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe it was just a great game plan by Zach Piuga, but, um, yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do sometimes. You got to have a game plan, and it's not going to be the most exciting thing for people to watch. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's not a ton of people. There's not a ton of eyes on this card. You come away with a win and, um, you know, hopefully have a more exciting game plan for the next time um, when you possibly have a few more eyes on you. Oh, okay, so my uh, my producer proxy, let's say, Mark Fellows, tells me that Valentina Shevchenko is fighting Alexa Grasso in two weeks at UFC 285. I had no idea. All right, so that's happening. I guess that's on the uh, John Jones card. So there we go. The timing will still work out then for Aaron Blanchfield to challenge the winner of that just two weeks apart. So maybe we're looking at early summer for, for Blanchfield to get back in there. I think it's reasonable. I mean, uh, a submission win over Jessica Andraj is deserving of a title shot, in my opinion. So let's do it. Uh, Jamal Pose, uh, unanimous decision win over Josh Parisian. Uh, this is the kind of fight where... <laughs> By the third round, it was two heavyweights that were exhausted and just kind of leaning on each other. And uh Parisian kind of finished on top there. Jamal Pugs credit to him. Broke his right hand at some point early in the fight. Um and just kind of powered through it. Uh was still able to wrestle Josh Parisian down. And uh he said he had a hard time controlling him when they were on the ground because of his broken hand, but you know, got the job done. So that's a tough dude. What could you say? Another broken, uh, another broken limb. Marcin Procnio. looks like he broke his foot on William Knight throwing all those leg kicks. I would not want to kick William Knight's legs. This dude, I mean, we throw around the, the phrase tree trunk legs. This dude has some oak tree trunk legs. Like just. Just thick, man. I got to go with my buddy Dan Tom's nickname of Thick Willie. Um, because of Dan, I will never not think Thick Willie whenever I hear William Knight on a fight card. Um, so, yeah, great game plan by Pracnio. He was able to avoid the power of William Knight, uh, stay on the outside, and I believe he broke the record for uh, most leg kicks in a three round contest, it was like 67 or something. And all it cost him was his foot, which was clearly broken and hematomed and, and pretty gross looking at the end of this fight. But um I'm sure there are some people out there who will purchase pictures of it on only fans. So Martine, if you want to make a few extra bucks uh, you know, only fans is seems to be uh, sponsoring a lot of, Sports podcasts and athletes and things like that. Our friend Billy Quarantello has a has a channel on OnlyFans. I have not seen any of it yet because I don't have an OnlyFans account. Um, but you, you know, if I could see my friend Billy Q on there with some exclusive content and and possibly purchase some pictures of Marchi Pragnio's broken feet, um, you, you know. I'm a little more likely to sign up than, than if it's just pornography, which is what I thought that's all it was. So that's why I was never interested. Like, why would you, why'd you pay money for pornography these days? A lot of existential questions going on, on the podcast today. All right. Alexander Hernandez, unanimous decision over Jim Miller. Um, bummer. Bummer to see uh, Jim Miller take a loss always. Um, hopefully, he still guts it out and makes it onto the UFC 300 card so he could be the only fighter to fight on UFC uh, uh, 100, 200, and 300. I know that's like kind of his goal, but 41st UFC fight for Jim Miller, I believe, which is crazy. Just absolutely crazy, especially considering like a third of those fights uh, he was taking while he had Lyme disease. So, uh, possibly one of the toughest human beings to ever get in the octagon, I'd say. Um, yeah. All right. Um, all right. This next fight ended in a gruesome uh, TKO, Nazim Sadikov, and Evan Elder. So this fight, I have no clue how this one would have I would be interested to see the judges' scorecard on this one because these two were so evenly matched. Uh I I don't know how it was scored. I mean, you could convince me it was two to nothing either way. You convince me it was one to one. Um I I don't know. So we were 38 seconds into the third round. Sadikov landed a head kick that seemed to uh, bust open a cut that may have already been there on the eye of Evan Elder. It might have been opened up in the second round, and the head kick just kind of helped it along a little bit. So referee Mark Smith, again, doing a great job last night and uh, got right in there recognized it right away saw that the cut was like right just right above the eyelid of elder and uh the doctor came in didn't even have to get close to him was like no no you can't let this guy fight i mean there was blood running into his eyeballs and evan elder was like what the hell i can fight with one eye um you know he was ready to go credit to him tough dude but um it goes TKO, Dr. Stoppage, to Nazim Naz Sadikov, who's a teammate of my buddy, the steamroller Matt Frivola, who I saw was in his corner, along with Algermain Sterling, the bantamweight champion, and, of course, the legendary Ray Longo. Shout out to Ray Longo, who I guess I could also call a buddy of mine. I've been on his podcast, which is now defunct the MMA and beyond podcast. It is dearly missed by me. Uh, I still have the, the last episode they did. I still, I never finished it. So it stayed in my iTunes queue and, and that's where it will stay. uh, Unless they miraculously bring it back at some point, but not likely folks, not likely, but uh, you know, uh, a big win for, for these guys. I, you know, knowing that for Vola and, and having had conversations with Ray Longo, I've heard a lot about Nas for the longest time. I know he'd been trying to get into the UFC. I mean, look, <clears throat> if he's, if he's hanging in the gym with those guys, uh, then, then you gotta be ready. You know, if he's, if he's getting in work with the steam Rola and ally Quinta and all the other great lightweights they have there, then he can definitely hang in the UFC. Um, unfortunate ending to the fight for both guys um i ha- again i have no idea how that one would have been scored if it went to the judges scorecards I, w- I would like to see how they did score that actually <clears throat> myra bueno silva with a knee bar submission over lena landsberg you don't see a whole lot of leg locks and missions with the ladies i mean we don't see a whole lot of leg locks in general in mma um but i believe it was Mackenzie dern who and it was within the last two years was the first female to win a fight um, via a leg lock and was also a knee bar. So a little stat for you guys there, which I may have completely made up. Somebody's, somebody's going to correct me once this, once this goes out everywhere. Somebody's going to be like, Bill, don't you remember in like 2000? I don't know. I was just about to make up a date and it was probably before. Women's MMA even existed. Felipe Lins uh, with a knockout over, over in St. Prue, And, man, I got to say, Ovinance St. Prue for a guy who, who has been such a killer in the past, it, he just looked like he didn't want to be in there. And I was looking at, at Dana White's Instagram earlier, And it showed the video of Ovin St. Pru warming up and just looked like even warming up, looked like he didn't want to warm up, which is a bad sign. A really bad sign. uh, When you're about to get in there with a killer like Felipe Lins, who, who I thought looked really good at light heavyweight, um, You know he went over. He went after Ovens very aggressively. He was overextending on pretty much every shot, but Ovens just couldn't get the timing. Couldn't didn't have the speed to counter um, effectively, and just got knocked out. Mark Smith refereeing that one again. It looked like he was ready to stop it before Ovens even went down, and then once he hit the ground, uh, it was done and over with. A.J. <clears throat> Fletcher, guillotine win over uh, Themba Garimbo. Uh, this was an interesting fight. A.J. Fletcher at the end had some words for people who, I guess, criticize fighters with shorter limbs and and uh, fighters who fight up a weight class, which I think a lot of people believe he's doing. A lot of people think he's probably a natural lightweight, but, uh, you know, Guys with shorter limbs, once they get those limbs around your neck, it's trouble. He has a really tight guillotine. Uh, I know he trains with Dustin Poirier, who also has a really great guillotine. So, um, they're they're doing something right in that gym. Uh, He comes away with a guillotine victory there. Uh, Clayton Carpenter barely broke a sweat against uh, Juan Camilo Ronderos. Submitted him in the first round with a rear naked choke. Um interesting grappling scramble in this one. If you're if you're into grappling, go back and check this one out. Um, just uh exchanged a lot of different positions. And then once Clayton Carpenter locked up the body triangle, Ronderos was like elbowing the legs instead of um trying to fight the hands for the choke, which was you know pretty much a sign that they're done. Like You got to fight the hands. It's the only way to get out of the choke. Nobody's going to just let go of a body lock because you elbow them in the thigh. Um, But, hey, you know, people do weird things in there. Let's see. Rick Allen says something insulting, probably. Let's look. What are you going for with that beard, bro? Got a side job. As a department store, Santa Claus, well, maybe next winter. Probably be all gray by then. Um, Actually, I'm reaching that point in the year where the beard's going to go because it's just getting too hot here. So uh, this beard uh, will only last, I would say, maybe another two, three weeks. And then at that point, it's got to go. It's just too damn hot. He says, Bill Santa Claus Welker. All right. I'll take it. (laughs) He also says, this card was almost as irrelevant as Dumont versus Ladd. Man. All right. That's an interesting comparison there. I actually forgot about that card. So I don't know how soon I'll forget about this one. Let's uh take a look to next week. I actually haven't even looked at this card yet, but back at the UFC apex, this is uh, UFC Vegas 70. So main event Nikita Krylov against Ryan Spann. And um, I feel like both of these guys, I thought they were both coming off of losses, but no Krylov coming off a win over Volkan Ozdemir. Oh, and the knockout of Alexander Gustafson. That's right. And let's see, Ryan Spann. Okay, also two wins in a row. Knocked out Dominic Reyes. That's right. And submitted Elon Kutilaba. And uh, his last loss was against Anthony Smith. All right, so this is a fun main event. Um, both guys can strike. Uh, out of the two, I think Krylov would be most likely to try and take it to the ground at some point. Although, you know, Ryan Span does have a fairly recent submission as well. All right, fun main event here. Uh, not sure what the stakes are going to be. But we'll see. Oh, shout-out to my man, Mike Hecker, down here. Says the co-main event was fire. Indeed. Okay, so next week, the co-main event, middleweights, Andre Muniz against Brendan Allen. Very underrated fight here. These are two really tough guys. Um... Let's see what they've both had going on recently. So Brendan Allen. Three wins in a row, Sam Alvey, Jacob Malcoon, and Christoph Jocko. Submitted Jocko back in October. And his only loss recently was to Chris Curtis, who is just a stud in that middleweight division. And Andre Muniz, who who it, is just a beast on the ground. Uh, I mean, his submission of Jacare, uh, he almost ripped his damn arm off, uh, then submitted Eric Anders right after that, and then beat up Uriah Hall, who, for a non-grappler, Uriah Hall has to be one of the hardest guys to submit. Um <laughs> Actually, really, I think I'm more excited for this co-main event than the main event. Uh, and we got Augusto Sakai and Dantel Mays. The heavyweight's going to go at it. Tatiana Suarez, I'm excited to see her back in there. It's been a while since she's fought, I believe. Let's see if we could pull this up. Yeah, 2019, June of 2019. Wow, it's been a really long time since she's fought. I would like to know what's going on there. She's going to go in there with Montana De La Rosa. <laughs> so we're coming up on four years since Tatiana Suarez has fought. I wonder what the deal is there. If anybody knows, uh, please enlighten me. <clears throat> Let's see. Mike Malott and Johan Lanes. Jasmine Jazuda Vicious. And Gabriela Fernandez Hermogenes. Jordan Levitt getting back in there against Victor Martinez. That should be a good fight. Ode Osborne and Charles Johnson. Nice. Joe Selecki fighting on here. Okay, we got a few undefeated fighters. Lightweights, Rafael Alves and Nerulo Aliyev. This looks like a fun little card. This, this co-main event, I'm really curious about. Muniz and Allen, that's that's the one I'm looking forward to the most there. So I guess that'll be my sleeper pick for you guys. But I, I, I'm really curious about what's going on with Tatiana Suarez. So if anybody knows... Anybody's got some inside info on that? Uh, please let me know. And I don't think there's a whole lot else going on. It was it was kind of a slow week for news. I uh, can't think of anything off the top of my head that that really came up in the last week. Uh, a lot of talk has been surrounding, you know, Conor McGregor and. Michael Chandler uh, coaching the next season of tough. And then a lot of people have been talking about the John Jones fight coming up with Cyril gone. Okay. I know what I can talk to you guys about. So after the fight with um, Islam Makhachev and Alexander Volkanovsky, the pound for pound rankings came out. And Volkanovski was still at number one, despite losing a direct contest with Islam Mahashev. So mixed schools of thought on this. Some people think, well, because he was a smaller guy and he moved up and he had a more competitive fight with Mahashev than people who are actually in that weight class, that he still deserves to be number one pound for pound. Whereas other people say they both made the same weight class. Mahashev won the fight. So Mahashev should be the number one pound for pound fighter. Now, Um, let me know where you guys stand on this. Uh, Mark fellows. I know where you stand on this, Uh, (laughs) but feel free to chime in uh, with, with an opinion. Anyway, here, here's my thing. Like, yeah, they've, they both met and agreed upon weight and Mahashev won. But I don't, it's hard because just given the strength of schedule of Islam Mahashev, I I don't feel like he's the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Uh, For me, if we're talking about skills here, for me, it's still Kamaru Usman. Uh y- you know, I-, I don't understand this whole mentality of like we're everybody was talking about Usman's the number one pound for pound, and then he loses one fight, which which he was dominating uh four out of the five rounds, and then he gets caught with a head kick. Um so I don't know. I, I don't hold that against him. And, it, and you can't tell me. You can't tell me Volkanovski is the number one pound for pound fighter. After just losing. But Usman loses the fight. And then he's no longer the best pound for pound fighter. Uh, so a lot of this makes no sense. And. Uh, I'm going to spoil this for a lot of you. The point of the rankings is to get us to argue about the rankings and keep talking about the MMA matchups to come. Also, I believe it was intentional to put Volkanovski ahead of Islam so the UFC could test the waters for a rematch and see, first of all, see if they could get Islam to take the bait and come out and say, well, I'll beat him again. Um, if you're not going to put me in number one pound for pound, but he didn't take that bait. He kind of said, well, I knew that they would do this or they don't give any respect to Russian fighters and Dagestani fighters. Um, you know, look what they did to, to Peter Jan. They screwed him over with the decision, um, which, you know, that's the commission. That's not the UFC. So, um, I don't know, let me know what you guys think. Uh, if you're not listening live, which is 99% of you, um, you know, send me a message. Who do you think is the number 1 pound for pound fighter in the world right now? Um and here's the thing, like the, the thing with Volkanovski moving up is when the rankings came out, he was not ranked at lightweight. So was it understood that He was not really a lightweight going into this fight. But if he wins and he becomes a champion, he has to be ranked at lightweight. So why is he not ranked at lightweight after a loss? Can anyone explain this to me? There's just like this is the problem with these rankings is there's just so many. It's just so flawed. You know? None of it makes any sense. And that's because it all exists to make us argue about what the next fights should be. Um, You know, do you guys want to see a rematch between Volkanovski and Makachev? It seems like Makachev doesn't want it. Um, And Volkanovski was like, well, I guess it's going to be Yair and I, but then... After he had a chance to go back and watch the fight, he was like, "No, I won that fight. I want the rematch." Um, so I don't know. Do you guys think if if a champion wants to move up uh, and challenge for the title in the weight class above, do you think they should have to uh, forfeit their title, like John Jones did? And I'm just asking a question. I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I was I was one of the first people to criticize John Jones for doing that because he gave up his title before he had a fight booked and then tried to negotiate um, when he gave up the only leverage he had for negotiating, which was his lightweight title. He gave it up first. Um, you know, the negotiation process has to be different, but I, I think if you're going to move up and challenge the champion in a weight class above, you should have to go all in, give up your title. You're now in that weight class above. And then if you want to go back, you can go back and probably uh, challenge for the title. But, um, cause otherwise it's just weird. Like it was weird when Adesanya did it, he moves up and then he loses and then he comes back and he's still the champion. Um, it, it's it's a strange thing. So I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards like if you're going to move up and challenge for the title in the weight class above, maybe you should have to give up that title. I don't know my way off base here. And then if you decide to go back, then you go all in back into that other weight class. A lot of people had problems with this back in the day when Chael Sonnen was fighting in two weight classes and he was ranked in both. People were like, well, he should have to pick one. I think if you're just a contender, it doesn't matter. You could bounce back and forth. But if you're a champion... And I remember Anderson Silva used to fight up to 205 in non-title fights. You guys remember this? He moved up and fought... I believe James Irving moved up and fought Forrest Griffin, and he was still the champ at 185, and he just took those fights. That was weird. Um, He didn't want to fight at 205 because um, Machida was the champ, and that was his buddy. I don't know. I'm just talking here, guys, sober and talking. I know you're not used to it, so. This is like this podcast is like bowling for me. I'm better at it when I'm drinking. All right. <laughs> Either way, if you guys want to get some over-the-top, under-the-influence merchandise, you could do so through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. Uh, I'll put all the links in the, in the episode description, as always. You can use the promo code MMAROCKS10, save yourself 10%, whether you purchase my merchandise or not. Uh, I don't know where Jeff the Animal Wilson was this weekend. Uh, I didn't hear from him during the fights last night, and he didn't answer my texts today. So uh, I don't know if you want to get a hold of him. Uh, you can't. <laughs> He's an international man of mystery. Uh, you could send me a message, and I could pass it along to him. I would be happy to do so. But um, you know, maybe we could get him to make a cameo again next week. Um. Mark Fellows says I'm a better listener when I'm drinking too. Yeah, I think the this show is best paired with alcohol. I, I think consuming this show um sober is like the opposite of taking prescription drugs. Like prescription drugs and alcohol do not mix. Um, but MMA on the rocks and alcohol, perfect combination. Um uh, <laughs> In any case, that's all I got for you guys this week. I guess no uh, drunken ramblings at the end of this show. Just like I'm just buzzing from this protein shake here. So anyway, I'm going to go find something to do with the rest of my Sunday and uh, hope everybody has a nice day off. If you have the day off for President's Day. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.